Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the amazing pop culture podcast starring Dags and Rez. Today, another powerful episode. We are going way back to the 80s. Big surprise. And now, put your hands together for the magical, mystical, benevolent Micah DJ Rez. Hello, Dags. Hello, amazing friends. Did you get dizzy when you said, do you say benevolent? Malicious, benevolent. I don't know. Too many M's. A lot of alliteration. Speaking of going back, yeah, I heard a phrase today I haven't heard probably since the 80s today, and that was, uh, you can't polish a turd. That just threw me off. Really brought me back to my days. <laughs> yeah, you know, they actually tried that on Mythbusters once. I saw that, yeah. Yes. Disgusting. Today's show, as always, powerful. We welcome new listeners. Welcome back OGs, original podcast gangsters. Today's show, we're going to talk about Journey, powerful band, and the 1984 powerful punk rock masterpiece Repo Man. Mike or DJ Rez, let's start off in 1980. Powerful album by Journey, Departure. This is yes. their sixth studio album, number six. And came out this month, February 1980. And this was their highest charting album to the point. And it started on the album with the powerful song, Any Way You Want It. What movie did that appear in, Mike or DJ Rez? Uh, any way you want it. That's the way I need it. Any way I want it. Do, 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 do. Um, I don't know. Rhymes with Caddyshack. Oh, is it Caddyshack? Yes. When oh, Ro- weird. Rodney Dangerfield is <laughs> out there and he has that powerful golf bag and he has a radio on it and cranks it up. And that's what's playing. <laughs> yeah. Now you, you buried the lead. It was released February 29th, 1980, which makes that uh, a leap year release. I'm always burying the lead. You always are. I, I don't know lead. what that means, but I'm doing it. <laughs> and that's L-E-E-D. Yes. Powerful. Now, Micro DJ Rez, there's nothing more opposite than the punk rock music from Repo Man <laughs> to this overproduced, powerfully polished album, Departure. That now, is correct. Yes. Now, the song I picked off this powerful album, I was thinking we're going to do a whole episode on this album itself. Today, I just said, hey, we'll pick one song, and I got it <laughs> narrowed down to two songs. <laughs> Probably my two favorite songs on this album. Did you, did you listen to the whole album or just the one song I picked? Just the one song you picked. Okay. But I've, I've heard any way you want it, so I know yes, what that's all yes. about. So your homework is to listen to the entire album. Okay. See, the beauty of albums back then, they were designed to be listened to, you know, front to back, side A, side B. Now, now it's just songs. You know, people have playlists and but back then, it was concept albums. You played them front to back. So the two songs I narrowed it down to are People and Places and Someday Soon. So write that down, Mike, or DJ Rez. Someday, Someday Soon. Someday Soon, People and Places, number yes. three and four. Yes. On side A. Yes. <laughs> now, the, the, beauty of, the beauty of those two songs, when you think of 
Journey singing, who do you think of right away? Oh, you think of Steve Perry. No, you think of that dude from the Philippines. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. No, yes, you think of Steve Perry. It's kind of like when you think of the cars, you think of Rick Ocasek, right? Correct. But he didn't sing all the songs. People think he did. So on this song, People in Places, the one I picked, it was Neil Schoen and Steve Perry. And on Someday Soon, it was Greg Rowley and Steve Perry. Powerful. Now let's get into that song, People in Places. What are your thoughts on that? It's got a very Queen-type vibe to it. I like when that they're like switching off when they're singing. Like Every, every other word is somebody different. Yes. Do, do, <laughs> so do you? goes really well together yes. so but yeah no it sounds like it felt like a queen song but it was done by the more, more powerful journey and it's a, a slower kind of ballad almost and it was really good i liked it so good pick yeah very psychedelic very trippy if you will mm-hmm. also had a beatles vibe to it yeah i could hear yes. that sure yeah yep. very psychedelic yeah i love that yeah. song and I, I like how they you know, usually, like I said, you think Steve Perry's singing Journey, but Neil Schoen and his powerful guitar in there. Yeah, because you, you're like, they, their hits, Journey's hits are just, you know, Steve Perry singing at the top of his lungs, it's, you know, but really good. But this song is not that way at all. It's a total, total curveball. It's very beautiful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yes. You are correct. The keyboards were haunting. Ooh, good word. Yes. Keyboard. And I enjoy the powerful drumming from Steve Smith. I don't think there's any drumming you don't like. That's a good question. But then it's insulting to the person. I don't want to say this person's a <laughs> shitty drummer. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think the biggest drum fail was when the police released remix or remastered Don't Stand So Close to Me. And, <laughs> and the, they used a drum computer and not Stuart Copeland. Yeah. Yeah, you can't do that. Can you imagine? Powerful drumming. You think like your favorite song, Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. Imagine that. Just done with a drum computer. With like an 808 or something? (laughs) Yeah, like no soul at all. Right, yeah. Dumb. It's like uh, Genesis replacing Phil Collins with the drum machine. Can't be done. Can't be done. Yes, the most powerful drum Phil ever created by Phil. Yes. Goo, 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 (laughs) goo. This album does something that you hate and that is get re-released as a remaster but it did it twice and when they released it the second time they added two tracks to it in 2000 i think it was 2006 is when they added two more tracks to this now are you a fan of the remaster if they add music to the album itself so are you saying unreleased you know from the vault that kind of stuff i think what they did because you know i i don't know how many of our amazing friends know this but you put put albums on vinyl and you got to cut down the songs or you got to take away songs in order to fill make sure you you don't you know run out of room on the vinyl itself yeah this album had they had a lot of songs coming into this into the studio with this album and they had to whittle it down to 12 songs so i wonder with the remaster cuz that was on cd now they got more space and so I bet they were songs that were supposed to go on this album that probably were the last two to make the cut. Yeah, it started out with about 19 tracks, and like you said, it got it down to 12. I love hearing new songs. I like hearing early prototypes of the song. Mm-hmm. Like, if you listen to, uh, you're a big fan of uh, Rumors, powerful album by Fleetwood Mac. I don't know if you've heard any of the early versions of some of those songs. I should see if I can find it for you. It's amazing how they grow and change and 
it's cool. So no, I'm all about it. What I don't like is when they take a song and re-record it. Oh, okay. I like new songs. I like when they remastered, like if they clean up the audio, like sure. we were talking about that Depeche Mode song. Yep. That was fine. There's certain songs they re-record and then they lose the, the soul of it. Oh, but this is a great album. Love it. Well, I'm going to listen to it front and to back. Now, there's a couple of songs that are under two minutes. One of them is under 40 seconds. So <laughs> that, uh, that, one, that one should be easy to get through. Yeah. See what you think of uh, Someday Soon. That's another. Okay. Actually, to me, see what you think. Side A, any way you want it. Walks like a lady. Someday Soon. Walks like a lady is a great. The whole, that whole first, any way you want it. Walks like a lady. Someday Soon. People in places, precious time. That's it. Okay, I will do that. Yeah, side two, there's a couple good songs, but I'm thinking side one is way better. There's a reason why there was a side two. Yes. what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, the, the 2006 version, is that what you're talking about? They came out with yeah. couple, a couple yep. extra songs, yeah. That was Natural yep. Thing and Little Girl. Yeah. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, so Natural Thing was the B side of Don't Stop Believing. Yes. And then Little Girl was uh, from the soundtrack of Dream After Dream. Let us know what you think of that album. Please let us know. And the easiest way to talk to us, to shout at us, yell at us, do whatever you want, go to, go to Twitter, <laughs> at AmazingPopPod. That is at AmazingPopPod. And we're on there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're reminiscing. We're looking back. I'm asking you guys, hey, do you remember this movie? And it's cool because it just opens up. A lot of thought and people are talking and they don't, if they don't know the movie, they Google it. Or if someone, someone will mention, Hey, yeah. And then this, that movie had this soundtrack and then it just goes into this powerful conversation. And then Michael Buffer replies to you. Oh yes. We've had powerful celebrities. Everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. David Allen Greer. Yes. One of the Hanson brothers. I mean, yes. my God, who yes. haven't you talked to in the last yes. three months? I know we love it. There's still room to jump on the bandwagon, <laughs> and that's on Twitter at Amazing Pop Pod. Also, Instagram, follow us on Instagram, like our Facebook page, and wherever you enjoy podcasts, please leave a review. Five star is the highest review. If you do that, it will unlock the secrets to meet Mike or DJ Rez's morning 945 show. Tell us a little bit about your show. Sure. The 945 show. Ooh, we talked to local artists from Minnesota, 945 AM live on WFNU, Frogtown Community Radio, or get us on podcast anywhere you find the amazing pop pod. You can find the 945 show. Now, the last interview I did, Dags, was uh, there was two people in the studio. One of them was Adam Levy, who is the... Uh, lead singer to the group the honey dogs yes a powerful minnesota group that uh, made it big back in the 90s and now he's got a new project uh with uh two women that uh sounds really awesome it's really good so it was really cool to have adam levy in studio was he dressed as a cowboy hell yeah he was <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's got a he's got a very interesting fashion style so they all three of them do really it's yes. pretty cool i wish you had fashion style Right, that makes two of us. Yes. And go to uh, com. Oh, thank you yes. for that. Let's get into 1984, powerful film, Repo Man. Repo Man, 1984, science fiction, dark comedy film, written and directed by Alex Cox. This was his debut as a director, and this movie stars Harry Dean Stanton and Emilio Estevez. 
Uh, there's a, a whole host of others in this movie as well. Uh, some you might recognize, some you won't. Uh, some did not make any other movies after this one. And it's set in Los Angeles, and it follows a young punk rocker who is uh, Emilio Estevez. And uh, he is recruited by a repo agency uh, and gets caught up in the pursuit of a mysterious Chevy Malibu that uh, might be uh, connected to extraterrestrials and UFOs, Dag. Dags. Why did I call you Dag? Jesus Christ. Dag is fine. Uh, So it's a a satire about uh, America under the Reagan administration. Uh, There's some uh, connections to consumerism, the atomic age. And uh, it uh, is, was an independent film uh, that Cox did in partnership uh, with some fellow film school graduates from UCLA. Uh, one of the executive producers on this film, Dags, is Michael Nesmith from The Monkees. Uh, so you got some interesting money behind it. But it's about a punk rocker who is just got fired from his job and he's trying to find a new job. He gets picked up by uh this repo man and uh gets uh kind of caught up in his first repossession uh, when this uh, repo man bud drives up to automatics who is emilio estevez and offers him 25 dollars to drive a car out of a neighborhood that he tells him is for his pregnant wife so Otto does follow uh get in the car and follows bud um to the parking lot and uh discovers that he that this bud guy is a repo man and this repo agency offers him a job. Uh, he does not want to take the job at first. He goes home and his, I don't know, his hippie cultish parents uh, are watching a televangelist on TV and Otto tries to get some money out of them. And he finds out that his parents have sent all their money to this televangelist. So he has nothing to do, but go back to the repossession agency to get a job and he starts learning how to be a repo man bud takes him under his wing tells him that to be a great repo man you can't sleep anymore you got to stay up all night and pretty much do cocaine in your car uh and then uh as time goes on there is a bounty on a chevy malibu uh for twenty thousand dollars and the chevy malibu has a secret dags it does it may may or may not have extraterrestrial bodies in the back of the trunk. And all of these factions come together to try to be the first ones to get the Chevy Malibu. Now, the Chevy Malibu is wanted by the government, scientists, a lady with the metal hand, and a woman that works for the Extra Fruitcake Outreach Center. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, She's trying to find the, the, these bodies so she can prove that E.T. and extraterrestrial exists. And Otto gets tied up in all of it. And it makes for an interesting, funny movie. Wasn't the opening scene cool? When the, the opening scene was great. Yes, the cop pulls him over in the desert, walks up, opens the trunk, and he's... <laughs> I, like the, I like the graphics, too, on that. Wasn't that cool? It's, uh, would you call those practical effects? No, they're very impractical. <laughs> yeah, they did actually, the, the effects of the day of, you know, you think about 1984, that's probably the best you could come up with in a, uh, I, I liked it though. It was like, cult, yeah. cultish film. I mean, it was obviously hand drawn, stylized skeleton. It was cool. Sure. 
Yeah. And right away, when I think of this movie, all the people that were influenced by it, like Quentin Tarantino, wasn't a total Quentin Tarantino movie? Oh, absolutely, yes. yeah. All the dialogue in the cars. Yep. <laughs> the Coen brothers, you know, No Country for Old Men. I like that it's sedans. You know, now we're all trapped in the SUV. Everyone has an SUV or some uh, crossover or a little Prius, if you will. <laughs> back then. <laughs> hey, no. <laughs> back, back then it was, it was just powerful sedans. Everyone was driving. The long, heavy boats yes. cars. Did you ever have a powerful sedan? Uh, no, I had a buddy in high school who did though. We named it Brutus and, uh, we beat the hell out of Brutus. So thank God for Brutus. There's nothing cooler than a sedan, like the old cop cars, Plymouth Furies and Chevy Caprices and powerful. Dodge Omnis. Dodge Omni. Did you own a Dodge Omni? <laughs> I did own a Dodge wow. Omni, 1979. Wow. Faux wood paneling yes. and tan. Yes. It was awesome. I had yes. a three by two speaker in the dash. Oh, we should do an yes. episode on that. Yes. I, I love <laughs> We got to talk about Emilio Estevez. Powerful. Yeah. It, uh, the, he threw off a lot of like Billy the Kid vibes in this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it was probably, probably good casting yes. a little later on in his career I for uh, that role. But yes. yeah, no, this is a perfect role for him because he's, He's that young punk kid. Yes. Uh, and he plays this punk kid really well, um, who just jumps from woman to woman, job to job. I, yes. uh, what, one of my favorite parts is when he uh, is working in the uh, supermarket oh. and the rent-a-cop has a gun. Yes. <laughs> and he pulls it on him, which is <laughs> like over the top. As well he should. So, yeah. I love- which was some foreshadowing yes. for later on. Yes, it, it was. And I love all the generic food. Wasn't that cool? Oh, yeah. Everything, beer. Yes. Everything was labeled generic. <laughs> Drinks <laughs> or drink. <laughs> but that's a real thing. There was a period in the 70s where they had generic labels. It was yellow and black. But what's cool is everything was generic except the cigarettes on the scene in the liquor store. They were. They were oh, was it name brand? <laughs> Commando. Commando. Yes. 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 Commando cigarettes. Oh man. All right. I looked up some generic labeling there. We, yeah, there was one that just said beer, 12 fluid ounces, grape drink mix, yes. great value. That's the one I remember. Yes. But what's cool so. is in the, in the grocery store, that kid that worked there was basically Napoleon dynamite. He was Napoleon dynamite before Napoleon dynamite. Yes. I told you so many movies ripped off this movie. And, yep. and what's funny is there was a character, the Rodriguez brothers in this film. And his character's name was Napoleon. <laughs> the uh, the one brother that had the slick back hair and had the hairnet, he reminded me of the uh, the antagonist from the Big Lebowski, the bowler. Yes, uh, that's what I said. Tatario, Tataro, yeah. Tatario. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Jesus. Right. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why that's why I mentioned the Cohen brothers. One of their fun, yeah. the Big Lebowski and powerful raising Arizona, everything out on the road and. Is awesome, and you know what's funny is that that Napoleon Dynamite kid, mm-hmm. he was the bass player in the Circle Jerks. Oh, really? Which is actually on the soundtrack, <laughs> and they perform in the movie. Oh, that's oh, were they the uh, that band? He's like, I don't even know why I like yes. these guys, and <laughs> yes. used to like them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Iggy Pop was on the soundtrack. I mean, Suicidal Tendencies, Black Flag. I mean, there was a lot of good good ones back then. 
Now, there were some sequels that came out, Dags. One of them was so Waldo, who was the uh, the weird, I guess, mechanic guy from the repo place. <laughs> they made a, Somebody wrote a graphic novel based on a script that the director wrote and had on his website. Um, and Chris Bones got permission to write a graphic novel called Waldo's Hawaiian Holiday. And then uh, Cox also filmed and looks like they put out didn't say when it was released but it looks like it was released called repo chick uh, which was uh december 3rd of 2008 is when they started filming that one and then in 2009 it went to post-production i guess uh we'll have to try to track down repo chick and see what that's all about so what are your overall thoughts on this film it was good i liked it it was fun you know there's a lot of dialogue and there's a lot of dialogue in the cards but it keeps you keeps you interested there's no like long boring parts to it and it's only like it's less than like an hour and a half long so you you get in and you get out and it's there's a lot of a lot of action in this sci-fi dark comedy which i liked a lot um and then you don't really actually know what's in the trunk you just know that it's important and everybody wants it and then the uh special effects alone is what makes makes you should you should want to watch this especially the last part of the movie the last 10 minutes it's all worth it it's kind of like grease right oh absolutely yeah, <laughs> this is the word yeah. on this one <laughs> remember the ending of grease yeah <laughs> that's right yeah it just uh yeah so our, same same deal uh, yeah danny danny yeah. and sandy go flying yeah, off back to the future <laughs> yeah yeah i i love how movies you know borrow from other movies and who knows you know originally had the glowing trunk but quentin tarantino's briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Right. So we talked about how it was reminiscent of, uh, or how we got started on this was when we watched heavy metal. So, yes. And, uh, some of that was familiar to us. No, it, it's, it's a great movie. I love it. It's quintessential eighties. I look back powerful fondness and nostalgia. It's the ultimate midnight movie. So midnight movies, they probably can't even have them anymore, but they obviously started at midnight and they show, they just show cool movies like, like heavy metal or repo man or buckaroo bonsai, just these ultimate eighties movies. And it was just a great time to be alive. Um, it was, the critics loved it. And, uh, it was Ebert from Siskel and Ebert. He said that he was watching a whole bunch of movies at the time and they were all crap. And then repo man, he saw repo man. It was very, very happy that he did see it. He liked it a lot. And uh, it looks like Rotten Tomatoes is getting like 90% or something. And, uh, but yeah, it's uh, one of those movies. I'm not going to say it holds up, but it's definitely entertainment wise. It holds up for sure. Well, I mean, so yeah. I think yeah, our, fr- our amazing friends will enjoy this. If you have not seen it or you haven't seen it in a while, you better watch it. Yes. I mean, it, it's cool. It's just the whole Reagan eighties. It's the consumerism. It's the, the irony of punk rock, but they're really just uh, suburban kids, you know, right? Yeah. living with their parents, <laughs> but thinking they're punk rockers. Yeah. I think they, don't they even reference that? He's like just a suburban punk kid from, or a punk kid from the suburbs, just like me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. And then, um, it, it reminds me of RoboCop. Remember the sense of humor in RoboCop? You know, I buy that for a dollar and, and the, the car was a Ford SUX. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> great visuals, great movie. Do you remember uh, the character Miller in the movie? Yeah. Yep. He uh, was in Batman, I believe. Yeah. He was, yeah. <laughs> that dude has been in like a million movies. He's awesome. I remember he was. Yeah. 
was in a Clint Eastwood movie called Honky Tonk Man. And basically, Clint Eastwood, every every movie he's in, he's Dirty Harry. So he was he's supposed to be the Honky Tonk Man. He's Hank Williams, basically, uh, film Honky Tonk Man. And that, that Tracy Walter Miller character goes, huh? Clint Eastwood goes, where's the bus stop? And he goes, Rachia? Is what the hell is Rachia? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it looks like he coined that phrase. Good for him. Yes. Yeah, he won a Saturn Award in 1985 for Best Supporting Actor. Out of five sedans, out of five 1964 <laughs> Chevy Malibus, what are you giving this film? Uh, this is getting a four and a half Chevy Malibus wow. for me. Can you imagine you in high school watching this with your buddies? Wouldn't it be like, I wish we did. Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish we did. I think I saw it saw it in the early in the early 90s and then I hadn't seen it since. So it was it was fun watching it again. It's just so magical cuz in the 80s all the movies came out and I would just go see them with my friends, you know. Bear, nice. And in what year was this movie? 1984, the best year ever. No, seriously, isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. 1984 that summer was just magical. And we just took her for granted. Like every <laughs> every week, a movie would come out. Oh, Karate Kid. Oh, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, Repo Man. Oh, Terminator. You know what I mean? Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters. It's just insane. I mean, it's yep. just fucking mind-blowing. All right, how many Chevy Malibus are you giving this movie? You know what I'm doing? What are you doing? Five. Oh, my God. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I can't help it. Wow. I'm just getting, uh, I'm just getting uh, weepy with nostalgia. I'm giving it a five. <laughs> Even though it's not, nice. it's not really a five, but it just, <laughs> in, it just, everything added up. It's a five. The experience. There you I go. Mean, just, five for the experience. Yeah, just Emilio Estevez alone. <laughs> just him alone. It's, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this powerful episode where we went way back to 1980, discussing the powerful album by Journey, Departure. And the song we picked was People in Places. And then we went to 1984 discussing the powerful cult classic punk rock masterpiece repo man we hope you enjoyed everything we just ask you one thing as always please tell a friend about our podcast and until next time you've just enjoyed the amazing pop culture podcast thank you for listening to the amazing pop culture podcast the amazing pop culture podcast is available everywhere fine podcasts are found please leave a rating and review where you listen to podcasts like and follow the amazing pop culture podcast on twitter instagram and facebook and shop our amazing pop culture merch this has been an amazing pop culture podcast production